it's been really difficult. And I think that the, the hardest part is just not having any certainty of how long this is going to last or what's going to happen even next week. I'm Audrey Cooper. Today on Fifth and Mission, we're going to hear from some people who, like you and me, have been affected by the shelter-in-place order in the Bay Area and by the economic effects of the shutdown. Erica Carlos is a producer on Fifth and Mission, and she's been going out in the city and interviewing people about how the shelter-in-place orders have affected their work and their lives. She also talked to people over Zoom and Skype. You just heard from Sarah Dwyer, an in-house ceramicist who was laid off from a restaurant. And that insecurity she talks about, not knowing what's going to happen even next week, you're going to hear a lot of that. For the people we talk to, that's the biggest worry, the fear of the unknown. We've already talked on Fifth Emission about working from home. That's what we're all doing at The Chronicle. I'm, I'm talking to you from my house right now. But today we're talking to people who haven't been able to do that. They've lost their jobs or they've had their hours cut or they have to go out to their jobs. They can't shelter in place. They may be risking their health, even their life, for a paycheck. Let's get back to Sarah Dwyer. We're going to hear from her and then from a couple of other people who work in restaurants and nightlife about how quickly their lives changed a couple of weeks ago. It was the first job that I had had in the arts that was full-time salaried with benefits and everything. And I, I do remember thinking when like businesses were starting to close and uh, events were starting to get canceled, I was, I was thinking like, I'm really fortunate to have health benefits through my job and I'm really fortunate to have paid sick leave. And then all of that just went away really quickly. I'm Jake Moore. I live in Albany in the East Bay. Uh, I work at the Masonic uh, concert hall uh, in the city. And uh, once the city put the ban on, the writing was kind of on the wall and we didn't need to hear from our manager to tell us we weren't going to have any events for a while. But uh, we did get emails from the company. Hi, I'm Ruth Renaga, Ruthie to friends. I worked, worked past tense at Flower and Water. Um, Flower and Water is a restaurant. Um, like I said, they've been open since 2009. They're one of the most successful restaurants in the city, I would say, actually, which is why it's also especially surprising to see them close their doors. And I worked there since opening in 2009, so 11 years. And they decided to shelter in place actually a day or two before the official order. Um, but unfortunately, that means a lot of us are laid off, about almost 200 employees, including myself. So we're just, a lot of everyone by for unemployment. Maybe some other people have other sources of income. Unfortunately, at the moment, I don't. You just heard Ruth Renaga. She says she doesn't have other sources of income after working at Flower and Water for 11 years, but she should be able to get some money from the stimulus package that was just passed. We talked about that on Fifth Emission a few days ago. But even those with other sources of income might be struggling. In the Mission District, we met Ray Moraga, who works more than full-time at different jobs, or at least he did until recently. Me llamo Ray Mayorga y trabajo en Uber. My name is Rey Mallorca, and I work for Uber. I do Uber part-time, and I also work full-time in a parking garage that is currently closed. This crisis has affected me in the sense that, generally speaking, I would bring in 100% every day, and I'm not even at 25 or 30% of the income that I was bringing home. 
I have two kids, I have rent, I have to pay many bills, and I don't know how I'll be able to do all that. No, no sé cómo voy a hacerle. Majid Sadir lives in Lower Knob Hill. Before the shelter-in-place order, he worked at a liquor store and as a kid's soccer coach and as an event bartender, all while attending community college. He has people depending on him, and he just signed a lease on an apartment. He doesn't have much choice but to work as much as he can at his one remaining job at the store. Like, I'm a migrant here that really works not just for myself. I have a mom and brother in uh, Syria and Middle East, so they are depending on me and surviving because of me, so I have to work. Some people, they don't want to rest their life and work um, in, a, in a shop like this and expose themselves uh, to the population. So, so some, some people just like say, I don't want to work, I want to stay home. I think that's why I, have, I had the opportunity to pick up more hours. It's not me, it's just the situation that there is more hours available because less people want to be exposed to the public. We stopped by Taqueria Vallarta in the Mission District and talked to one of their workers. My name is Antonio Rosas. I live here in San Francisco. I've been affected by the crisis, my job, not being able to go out. Many people are afraid when it comes to all this. We are only doing delivery. No one is allowed to eat here. That's why all the chairs were taken out of the dining room so nobody sits down. People are helping and understanding that we have to do it, and they end up eating outside or going home. The clientele has gone down, maybe about 70%. The only thing is that online delivery orders like Uber, DoorDash, and others, those keep us busy. Supposedly, if we lose more customers, then we would close. And of course, when you think about it, if they close the taquerias, we will have no jobs. And we have to keep our families afloat. There are too many things to worry about. Sometimes, I don't know if everyone is being cautious or if they're thinking about how we will survive. The government tells you to stay home. But if you can't feed your family, we as adults, as parents, have to leave to find a way to provide for them. If it were up to me, if I didn't have to work, I would be very happy staying home. But if I can't provide for my family, and we have no way to eat, it's going to be worse. You're listening to the voices of San Francisco workers whose lives have been affected by the coronavirus and the shelter-in-place order. After a break, we'll hear from someone who learned a lot about himself by social distancing. We'll also hear what people are worrying about, and then we'll try to end on a positive note. We'll be right back. We're talking about how the shelter-in-place orders, social distancing, and the resulting economic upheaval have changed the lives of people in San Francisco. Hey, Jake Moore, guy who works at the Masonic Auditorium. How's shelter-in-place going? My God, I am so bored at home. Have you always thought you'd love it if you could just sit in your house all the time? Maybe you're an introvert? Well, Jake is learning, probably like many of us, that you should be careful what you wish for. But also probably like a lot of people, he's figuring out how to handle it. This is so boring. I used to call myself a homebody. And now I'm realizing that's not really true. To a certain point, it starts to get a little isolating, especially since I live alone. 
so I don't really have roommates to harass and and family to bug me. But I've been having fun. I play a lot of video games. I with the productive stuff like you know filing for CalFresh, looking for work, filing unemployment, cleaning my house and stuff like that. I try to pace myself because if I do too much in one day, then like I try not to clean my whole house every day because then what am I going to do tomorrow? Scrub the floors again? I don't know. It's just me, my boyfriend and my baby and we just hang out all day long. (laughs) This is Ruth who worked at Flower and Water for 11 years. It's really like special moments. Like my, my baby just like learned how to clap and she's starting to learn sign language or more. It's actually kind of memorable moments. And we were talking about how when the baby's older, we can say, oh yeah, when you were just a baby, we all had to stay inside for the quarantine. And so it's, it's definitely memories. Yeah, it's going to be struggling memories, but hopefully it will be fun to look back on. It's hard to imagine memories of this being fun, but I guess you never know. That's the thing about this whole situation. It's so new, none of us know how it's going to turn out, and a lot of us are trying to figure out how to feel about it. Here's Sarah, the in-house artist who lost her job creating ceramics for a restaurant. I feel like I've sort of uh, run the gamut of all of those emotions and everything in between, from angry to shocked to I guess accepting now just because, you know, this is our new reality. Like a a lot of people I know are also getting laid off and it's been really difficult. And I think that the the hardest part is just not having any certainty of how long this is going to last or what's going to happen even next week. One of the biggest fears, of course, is getting sick. And if you work with the public, that fear is constant. Aiden is a barista at a cafe in the Mission District, and she talks about how she tries to minimize risk for herself and others. Um, well, I've got my big old buddy right here, my Clorox, um, so I'm keeping it sanitized, so I'm wiping it down um, in between every transaction. Um, I'm pouring milk for everybody, um, stirring their coffee and their sugar. Um, Whenever I do a transaction, um, I ask them, I flip it around, I ask them if they want me to touch the screen instead of them touching it. Uh, so a lot of people are thankful for that. Just, you know, a little less contact, the better. It is kind of uh, scary because we have a lot of people um, from the hospital that come. And, and, you know, they come to get their coffee during their breaks and stuff, but they're exposed to it. And so, you know, that's a, a greater risk. I am risking my health being here, but at the same time, you know, I need a roof over my head. And, um, you know, they talk about, you know, they're not kicking people out right now. There's a, a pause on that, but I, I still, you know, I just don't want that cloud hanging over my head. At the same time, I have a cloud for the, the possible exposure. So I don't know. It is messing with my head some, but, you know, I'm just trying to be out here. And then also, you know, just trying to help the business stay open too. Uh, this week, this was my last week at the job. Pravaja Patel is from India. She got her master's degree in December and was working as a graphic designer, but she's been laid off and now she's worried she won't be able to stay here. As an international student, this sort of um, hurts even more because we were always on a clock. Uh, we're trying to find a job in 90 days once we graduate. And now I have like the next, like I don't know, like two and a half months to find a job. And otherwise, uh, I have to go back to my country. Let's go back to Ray, the parking lot attendant and Uber driver. He's worried that we're headed for a recession, and he has no illusions about who that would hurt. Those who have the money will be fine. Those who don't have money, 
who don't have savings or anything, they will be greatly affected. The economy was doing great and everything was going smoothly and now we are going backwards. It's like starting from scratch. I don't know if we will lose our jobs, I don't know if we will be busy, a lot of people won't have jobs, they won't have money to go out, and it's going to affect everything. Let's end with something positive, or at least hopeful, from two of our interview subjects. Majid, the Syrian immigrant who's working extra hours in the liquor store, and Ruth, who lost the job she'd had for more than a decade at the restaurant Flower and Water. It's nice to think about each other again. Like what we need, what the other need, not just like me. Like, like if if I might be a dangerous for my customer, let's say the others in general. All right, it's fine. Cover cover my my mouth, sanitize around me. It's not just like the action of sanitizing. It's like the facts of thinking about the other in general. I don't know. It's like I was saying. It's just really great to see everybody rallying around, trying to help each other. You know. Even just staying inside is like trying to help other people because you don't want to spread the virus, you know? So you just have to try to stay positive. Like it sucks being inside all day, but yeah, we just go right in front of our house and get some sun a couple times a day. Um, and we see our neighbors walking by and we say hi. I saw like more love in my building now than before. <laughs> That's what I feel. Like neighbors asking about each other uh, while before everyone like is busy with his life like um, the most important is like myself that's what I need that's what I want to go and do uh, without even like thinking about it now like I can if we see anything like dirty you know in the building people like try started to react like oh this is like it's it might be a resource of danger so let's clean it let's you know it's just like I hope having more awareness of each other later when everything is over. I want to thank all our guests for talking to us and wish them good luck. This episode was reported and produced by Erica Carlos. Thanks to King Kaufman for helping with production and to Chronicle Assistant Arts and Entertainment Editor Jose Bastidas for voicing the translations. And thank you for listening. Fifth Emission is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. If you like this podcast, please consider becoming a financial supporter of the largest newsroom in Northern California. You can sign up for a San Francisco Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com slash pod.